At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 181. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Um, not not a whole lot. It wasn't a very productive day for me. I told you off air. Um, but um, what what did happen today is we today's not usually our, our grocery day, but we picked up groceries and, and by picked up I mean like they they dropped them off to the car and whatnot. Nice. Um, and, and with that comes some sort of. There's an honor system, right? Not really honor system. Anyways, errors can happen Mm -hmm. because they don't necessarily check the bags they're putting in your car. You don't check them either. So sometimes it happens where they give you someone else's bag. And today was one of those days and they gave us someone else's bag. And they just say, well, keep it because like don't bring it in because you might have COVID. So don't bring it back. We'll just whatever. Oopsie Mm -hmm. on us. Anyway, so free food for us is great. Um, But they came with these meal replacement bars. Okay. Which I was like, oh, that, that sounds like a nice snack in the afternoon when I'm hungry and I want something, you know, with some substance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had one now just to try them out. They're really good. Uh, but, like, now I feel like I'm going on all cylinders. Like, I have a ton of energy and it's quarter after nine. And I'm just worried that after we're done our two podcasts that I'm still going to be awake instead of trying to go to sleep. <laughs> and that's a problem. It's going to be like 2 a.m. and you're going to be like wired ready to do a workout let's go baby <laughs> so, <laughs> hopefully i can get my energy out here so sure. i can go to sleep at a reasonable hour oh what's going on with you man it snowed a lot my friend we got a ton of snow on long island it felt like uh the pictures that i usually see from your twitter account where it's like oh hey i have this gigantic slide in my backyard of snow i probably could have <laughs> did the same exact thing it's, you haven't seen – we have a snowman here in town. It's in Orleans, so not really where I am, but a little bit more out east. And it is the size of a house. Wow. Quite literally. I think – I forget its name. It's a dumb name. But anyways, it's a big It's a big 10-foot-tall snowman. Um, so so what did you do with the, all your snow? Did you do anything with it or just move oh, it out of the way? Oh, no. Moved it out of the way, got out of there as quick as possible. In and out, yeah. back inside, hot chocolate, ready to go. 
Matt, come on. You got to be out there an hour, enjoy that stuff, because if not, then it's just a bane of your existence. Oh, it was very much a bane of my existence. I, I threw... <laughs> I threw the ball to the dog a couple of times. So me and Casey played some fetch in the snow and she liked it. So that was about 15 minutes. There you go. That's all right. Has she just like gone outside to just start eating the snow yet? Because that's all my dog does. She doesn't eat it, but she kind of like hops around in there. Okay. Fair enough. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very, it's, it was deep. It was like belly deep for her, man. We got uh, probably a foot, foot and a half, I would think. That's a lot of snow. Man, there's so many good snow slides you can make out of that, or forts, or tunnels, and oh, the potential is limitless. Absolutely. So, knew you would enjoy that. Uh, we have a lot to get into today, Mitch. Uh, unfortunately, the Islanders aren't playing tonight. They didn't play last night. Um, so, a, a, a couple of things to get us going here. One, they're on an awful losing streak right now, and number two... They're not going to play until Saturday because of uh, some COVID restrictions. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole lot of shenanigans. I mean, I shouldn't say shenanigans, but there's a whole lot of stuff going on there between the Buffalo Sabres and New Jersey Devils. So uh, if you're not up to speed, the games against the Buffalo Sabres on Tuesday and Thursday have been canceled because Buffalo wasn't able to travel to uh, Long Island on time because of the snowstorm. And because of that, they weren't able to get their testing done on time or in a timely fashion based off of all these things. So they just canceled the two games. Meanwhile, the team they played on Sunday has 10 members out on the COVID list because they had close contact or tested positive. I don't know, man. Like there's some things going on there that, that aren't quite above board, I believe. Yeah. Something sketchy's going on there. Um, so they got to figure that out. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's on the devils. I don't know if that's on the NHL, but some, something got to be figured out here. I think it's on the Devils and then on the NHL. Like, something happened with the Devils. It seems that Kyle Palmieri came into close contact with someone that tested positive but still played on Sunday. Uh, and then I, and now he's on the COVID list. And now three, I think it's three of the Buffalo Sabres are on the COVID protocol list. So, like, something's going on there. Uh, and, like, if it was just testing couldn't be done for that one game... All right, cool, but you still have one on Thursday that you could do. So, like, there's obviously a little bit more to it than just that. Yeah, no, exactly. There seems to be a little bit more to this story. Um, but maybe blessing in disguise because we got a little bit of a mental break because this team has been uh, wearing us down a little bit here, Mitch. Well, that's it. So we just spent the last five podcasts, sorry, the five games recording very negative podcasts. If you want to hear those, because there's a lot to listen, a lot of like, what the? Oh, God, God. a lot of frustration. Head over to patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you a post-game podcast after every single New York Islanders game. Plus, 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 plus. Mailbag we're doing after this. Live streams, I'm going to do one on Thursday. You get daily interactions, polls, and 100 plus other people to just hang around with. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good time. It's a ton of fun, so definitely worthwhile to uh, check it out. Absolutely. So um, just overall, we don't have to get super in-depth on each one of these games, Mitch, but just overall thoughts or themes from this losing streak. Just, it it seems to be going better. It seems to be trending in the right direction. The Islanders are scoring. They're getting power play goals. The effort is there. Um, but what they're not getting is consistency just right on in the lineup itself. Like they mm-hmm. don't have a consistent lineup to roll, which is a problem because 
they have some players that can play, but they're not playing them. So I don't know what the hell's going on there. No, it's definitely confusing. The lineup is something we've talked about pretty much every episode since the season has started uh, because it's been a revolving door. Um, pretty much right now, the really the only functioning line is the top line. Uh, yeah. Other than that, there are major question marks on each one of those lines. The second line, the Islanders have gotten very little out of Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson. Outside, Josh Bailey put up a couple of points in their most recent game, but earlier than that, it was it was tough. But he's playing on the top line now. This is true. Okay, so when, so. when yeah, but when he was on line two and when exactly. Beauvillier was healthy, even in on line two, that line wasn't doing anything either. No, not nothing coming from line two, which is a big problem. <laughs> right, and then line three, it changes so often. So we saw Oliver Wallstrom get his first goal, which that was good. Um, and then we got to see Austin Zarnak, who I thought was it, not amazing, but I think he, a little bit higher upside than some of these other dead weights we got running around in the bottom six. <laughs> I'm sorry, I laugh because the word caught me off guard. A dead weight. Uh, it's, it's it is. not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong at all. Like, there's no lie detected in that statement. Um, but yeah, because it's it's 100 accurate. The Zarnik is gonna be could be something for us. I think so. Is he gonna? Is he the best thing since sliced bread? Obviously not. But he, he looks at least competent and shows some speed on the ice, which is uh, something the Islanders usually don't tend to have in their bottom six. No, it's so like you mentioned the first, the second, the third, and then the fourth line that's supposed to be our identity line is not bringing that identity no. at all. Like they they maybe started hitting in in that like second and third period against Philly in the last game, uh, and I know hitting isn't everything, but it is for that line, and they, they're just not doing it. They're not getting in on the forecheck, uh, and by that like they're they're getting hemmed into their own zone, so they're not able to get in on a forecheck. Um, there's just really not going nothing going on on that fourth line. So when we get to the lineups, you're going, you have your top line rolling. Cool. But nothing after that. And that's a problem. And then, like you said, you go and you flip the third line that had some chemistry going. It was doing something the last two games before they got switched. And then you switch it up wholesale. Well, come on. You want to establish confidence and chemistry. That's how you do it. Why don't we do it here? Right. It just seems like there's so much change and so much, you know, of a revolving door, it's very difficult to get any kind of consistency going on that line, which is a major issue right now. And just overall as a team, yeah, the last couple in Philly, they were able to score a little bit. But before that, and even now, still, they're 30th in the league in scoring. Yeah, and that they could be worse if not for those, that Philly game, right, where they score three. Right. Um, so just the overall on the losing streak is that they were trying to establish consistency, right? Like from the start of, of that losing streak, they're just not playing well. They need to get a couple of wins and whatever that means, if that's getting good shots, scoring opportunities, you know, galvanizing that identity. And I'm using air quotes there. Mm -hmm. That's a win for them. And they, they started doing that. And then you go and you change the lineup around and you're going, well, now we have to hit the reset button on all the momentum we've just established. So they kind of shot themselves on the foot there without knowing it. Yeah, no, they de they definitely did, and uh, that to me has been one of the frustrating things. Is uh, on top of them struggling to to score goals, which isn't necessarily a new concept, but uh, just the seemingly changing every single night of the lineup and 
uh, you know, the revolving door of Bellows, Wallstrom, Komarov, Dal Cole, Timoshev, Zarnak. Like, that's almost a full lineup we just rattled off of guys who've just been coming in and out of the lineup. <laughs> right. And so that's that's when you get to the problem where you, you're trying to establish some, some consistency and then you don't have it. Okay, cool that we're not really changing line one and two. And, and we are line two because, well, you've got an injury in Anthony Bouvillier. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of have to. Uh, and now that they've got that, you go and you you sweep the leg by changing line three. And it's not that line three is generating everything, but they were really good in their last outing. Like, ridiculously good. They weren't scoring a ton of goals, which I was reminded of, like, ah, their expected goals for might be 90, but how many how many goals did they score? Huh? Huh, Point Dexter? Like, yes, they didn't necessarily score a goal, but they're doing all the things that you would expect the line to do to score a goal. Expected goals for is shown to be to forecast some sort of success. So, like, if they're doing very well in that metric, they should ostensibly in the future do well on the main metric, which is putting up goals. Yeah, no, exactly. It's kind of like. I feel like PDO could come into play there also because maybe the I don't know what those number the PDO numbers are for that line, but maybe that could be the part of the reason for why they aren't actually putting the puck in the back of the net at the moment. Right, and then we're dealing with two rookies, right? Like if it is PDO, then it's going to be weighted heavily, I would imagine, in in terms of the poor shooting percentage, which is going to happen with two guys still trying to find their place in the league. Like they're probably not shooting from the most desirable locations. They might be shooting from just about anywhere, and that they might be medium to low danger uh, uh, shots instead of high danger in the slot, right? Like open open shots. So like. There's a lot to go into that, but th- these guys are doing well and, and they're bringing something to the team and then we just take them out. And I'm not, I, I shouldn't, it kind of sounds like I'm saying they're losing because they're not playing Bellows and Wallstrom, which isn't the case. It's just, we spend this entire losing streak trying to build up some sort of momentum, some sort of consistency. And then when we finally seem to have it, nope. And that really bothers me. Oh no, 100%. It, it, it is because they practice or they preach consistency right and just getting the band back together for this year was going to be such a big deal for them uh and it it hasn't been they haven't had that success that they saw in the playoffs it looks like a completely different team for the most part uh from what we saw in the return to play you know last august september versus what we're seeing now a few months later it's uh it, it looks closer to like the product we were seeing you know before the shutdown in march yeah, and that's not good because everyone, not everyone, but basically everyone is healthy, right? Like the only one out is Bovillier. We're not missing Adam Pellick. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, there have been some bright spots in this losing streak. Like I know right now we're, we're harping on uh, the inconsistencies, which is some of the, the bigger issues right now. But uh, for me, a couple of positives would have to be the the play uh ryan pulak's been relied on a ton and i think he's done well noah dobson's ice time has gone up and he looks extremely productive uh nick letty has looked fine in his role um so i think that while there obviously are some flaws with this team that they have to figure out there we can take some of the positives out of uh, this most recent losing streak as well yeah, so there are positives to gain, and like, if there's any positive to gain out of this this break that we've talked about with the Buffalo Sabers, it is they can work on the things that aren't going well, like the special teams, which have been atrocious. Yeah, power play not good. Surprise, not good. 
15.3, I think it is, 15.3% effective on the season, which is not what you want to see on a team that is like, we're going to try to be better, you know, make strides towards that 20%, and you're not hitting it at all. Uh, Barry Trotz came out, not came out, but like Newsday reported, not reported, I'm, wrong words I'm trying to use here, had an article that came out with it, uh, where they spoke to Barry Trotz about the power play, and he said, we're going to try to shoot the puck more, which I you got. saw against Philly, right? Like, you look at their Fenwick four uh, over that that game, and they had fifteen unblocked shot attempts on six power play opportunities. That's two and a half sh- unblocked shots for per opportunity. That's good. That's trending in the right direction. You would ideally you want to see more, but they were averaging like one point nine, I think it was unblocked shot uh, opportunities per. Uh, sorry, unblocked shots per opportunity last year and the year before that. That's not enough. You're getting less than two shots per opportunity. Woof. You know, clearly, clearly not good enough. Um, and that to me, and I know it, it's kind of, that's the thing that people poke fun at, yelling shoot on the power play. But in some instances, you have to actually do that. And uh, for the Islanders, they desperately need to. Because so many times, and sometimes at 5-5, five and five, but on the power play, it feels like they're just sitting around and waiting for the perfect thing to come up and they just never get that opportunity. They lose possession. There's an errand pass. Something goes, you know, astray, astray, and they're not able to get that perfect shot on goal where sometimes, you don't know, you could sneak one by a goalie or you get a rebound or someone's there for a deflection. I'm not saying you shoot every time from a bad angle or not a great situation, but you know what I mean by trying to get the volume I know exactly what I mean, because I, I preach the same thing. It's not even necessarily about getting it on net. Ideally, you want to, but yeah. if you don't, that's fine, because now you've created a 50-50 battle for that puck. Now you're pulling defenders out of position, and that's what you want to do on a power play. If you're not able to do it by cycling the puck around and passing it, you can do it by pucks you know, going all over the place. That, that You're creating chaos, and from chaos, you can get something because you have a numerical advantage. You should be able to retrieve those pucks quicker and easier than your opponent, who's at a numerical disadvantage. So, like, it plays in the Islanders' favors to get more shots. And I know at 5-on-5, five five, like you mentioned, they love to be playing the quality over quantity uh, game. But at 5-on-4, you got to play the quantity over quality game. You've got to because you have a numerical advantage. That's what it's designed for. Right. No, and that's the frustrating part about all of this. And it doesn't look like when they are on the power play, it doesn't look like they're the team with the advantage. No. And then key to all this is getting in the zone, which has been a, a huge problem for the Islanders. Thankfully, there's a rule in place that when you start a power play, you get to decide what face-off circle you're in in the offensive zone. So they're already starting in the offensive zone, which is good. But the second it gets out of there, now you have a problem, which is going to be something to look at when it comes to the Islanders going forward on the power play, how they address their zone entries, um, because it has been awful, ugly, and disgusting all season long trying to get in that zone. Yeah, it really has. It's it's not good. Their, their zone entry attempts are just absolutely brutal. So that, to me, is something that they definitely need to improve on. And maybe, fingers crossed, they're doing that over these few days here. I would imagine Trotz has taken these few days to harp the shoot mentality, uh, and we'll see if it works. I hope to God, because that seems easy to fix, right? Like, just get it on net. Bailey, you don't see a pass? Shoot it. Shoot it. Or get rid of it earlier. 
Don't dawdle so long. Yeah, he's had a really bad issue this year of just sitting with the puck and not moving. Like, that doesn't do us any good. No, not at all. Not at all. Is there anything else that's gone on during this streak that you want to get into and break down here in the first segment? Uh, No, uh, we can transition to the second one because kind of uh, Matthew Barzal has been a, a positive and a negative for the Islanders. Yes, let's start with the positive. So he is scoring at a very impressive rate. He has 10 points in nine games, four goals and six assists. And he's accounted for what near, feels like nearly half the Islanders goals. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I don't have the exact number because uh, that, that's kind of time consuming to tabulate. But it, it would be it would surprise me if, if it's less than 50 percent. Let's sorry. Let's say it would surprise me if it's less than 40 percent. Yeah, I, I think they have 39 goals on the season or something like that. <laughs> oh, God. And he's got four of them assisting on at least another six. So, right, that that's 10 over 39. There you go. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty nice chunk. Uh, moral of the story the, of this team, and which is, again, not necessarily a major surprise here, but the offense goes as Matt Barzell goes. When he's playing well, they're putting up points. And are putting up goals and we we've seen the last two games both of them ended up being overtime losses but they've been able to find the back of the net at least and the main reason for that is because of how well guys like Matt Barzell are playing at the moment yeah I, I just did the math and it's 25 percent and you can tell that this is not a math podcast because we're like 50 percent at least okay maybe 40 percent I'd be surprised if it's less and it's 25 <laughs> Anyways, yes, the way the Isles goes, the way that Barzell goes, which is is fine in a way, right? Like, he's the top player for the team. He's clearly the linchpin to everything offensively for the Islanders. And that's fine. You kind of expect that. Every team's got that guy. But the, the issue with that is that he doesn't have anyone after him supporting him. And by I mean after him, it's really just outside of the top line. Uh, outside of that, he's not really getting any support from anyone else no not really um he, he isn't and uh, another part and this is kind of going in a different direction here momentarily but we can loop it back in another part of Matthew Barzell's game that I think has done well and he has for the majority of his career but I've noticed it more so this year he draws a ton of penalties which you would assume that you would that would put your team in a good position to score goals but as we just talked about here in the first segment is how awful they've been on the power play. So even when Matthew Barzal is, isn't scoring, but drawing power play opportunities for his team, they're not cashing in. So it very much so, looping it back to where we were now, it very much so feels like he's on an island and like sometimes Anders Lee's there and sometimes pick one of Jordan Eberle or Josh Bailey is there to go alongside him at the moment. But other than that, it's very quiet. It's it's very quiet indeed. He's got nothing else after that, and, and that's that's not just a Matthew Barzell problem. That's a New York Islanders problem. That's been the case for since two thousand and nine and beyond, right? Just not enough. You can call it run support if you if you're a baseball fan, but like not enough goal support outside of Barzell, uh, and that's a problem. It, it's great to have him, and he he's been absolutely fantastic for the New York Islanders. Uh, d- there's no question about it. Uh, you talked about drawing penalties. He's one of the best in the league at drawing penalties, uh, bar like a few. 
So he's sitting with six penalties drawn, which has him tied for second in the league uh, with a guy called, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, Connor McDavid. No. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Duchesne, uh, Nathan McKinnon, only five. What a bum. <laughs> um, but he's up there and he's not having to do like shady stuff like Brady Kachuk, right? And like face washing people are getting mad when a puck is flipped at him. Uh, he just does it by skating and playing his game and holding that puck. Uh, so like he does a lot of positives for the Islanders and it's it's fantastic and he's clearly leading this team um, he's not doing it on a on a contract year either right he just signed a deal and he's putting up point per game great to see but man there's still some negatives in that game because yes he has nine penalties drawn uh, but he's taken sorry six penalties drawn but he has taken four minor penalties that can't happen. That's too many for a guy like him. No, it is. And right, he's on pace for like over 200 penalty minutes on the season if he continues at this clip. There's a game that- misconduct in there, but that which is really hurting. It's like 24, 24 penalty minutes in nine games, something like that. No? So 24 penalty minutes in nine games, 2.6 penalty minutes per game over 56 game uh, season is 149 penalty minutes. I did it over the 82. I must have. That's fine. But like that's still that's gross. That's yeah. way too many. Right. That's way too many. No. For a guy who's supposed to be on the ice all the time. Yeah, and I, I don't think he hits that, but still at the start this year he's it's out of character to see him take as many penalties as he has this early in the season. Oh, his career high is 46. I I have it here. I'm just trying to localize it with my eyes and I can't, can't see it. Um, but there it is. 46 penalty minutes is his career high that he hit in 82 games in the 18-19 season. He has more than half of that through nine games this year. Yes, he has a 10-minute misconduct in there. Uh, take that away. He's still at 14. So 14 of 46. He's at 30% in nine games. 30% of his career high. Yeah, wow. Okay, yeah, when you put it like that, it puts it into even more context of just how, you know, how often he's been taking penalties right now. So, like, if we just say the the minor penalties alone uh, times fifty six, he's on pace for eighty seven penalty minutes. Oh boy, that's a lot. That is a lot. He is not getting whatever. I forget the trophy for that again. Is it the? It's not the Selkie. Why am I thinking no, Selkie? No, it's not the Selkie. Oh my god, I right? can't remember. Someone will <laughs> get at us in the comments. I'm sure they'll get after us. Oh man, uh, Ryan O'Reilly. He won it recently, didn't he? Is it the Lady Bing? The Lady Bing. There it is. Okay, there you go. Unbelievable. I can't. Why I couldn't think of that? That's so dumb. Um, yeah, he won that. He had two penalty minutes in eighty games. Twenty thirteen, fourteen. He had Ryan O'Reilly. Two penalty minutes. Two. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Yeah, but yeah, on Barzell, like he's got he's got to find a way to calm himself down in games. Yes, because a lot of these are. Maybe not a lot of them, but enough of them are uh, are reactive penalties. Uh, he's got a lot of, of, of high sticking, and that, that's just something that probably won't go away soon. But the reactive penalties can go away quicker. Like the 10-minute misconduct probably shouldn't have happened if he didn't mouth off to the referee. Yeah, 100%. There's, there's no reason. You could be frustrated, but you got you to gotta know there's a time and a place for this stuff. You're not allowed to talk to the ref. That's only for Anders Lee. Uh, I believe that like the rules state that 
Uh, you can address them. Don't address them. Just don't say anything. It was a dumb call, right? It, the the altercation between him and the referee, the verbal altercation, I should say, uh, took place because Ryan Pollock took a, a, a kneeing penalty. But, like, that was not a kneeing penalty. That was a bad call by the ref. So, fair enough. Matthew Barzell was right. You still don't say anything to the ref because this is what happens. Yeah, no, and then you're putting your team in a bad spot at that point. It's been, you just can't do it. Like, they were already losing the game, and it was at the end, so it's not a big deal necessarily. It didn't change the outcome of the game. No. Uh, But if you're the leader of this team, maybe not leader, the leader, but a leader on this team, you can't be taking undisciplined penalties like that. You just can't. Yeah, that's a great great point. Um, The uh, undisciplined play and undisciplined penalties are uh, definitely a major issue. Right. And then we talk about like they need to form some consistency and do and get wins. Taking und- in ill-disciplined penalties at the wrong place at the wrong time isn't going to get you there. No, 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 absolutely not. And, you know, that's a, a blemish on a really good start to the season, because in like we said, 10 points in nine games, that's really damn productive. He was on pace for what, like 72 points last year when the season came to a close. That's right. So, so he, now he's above that, which is right back to about about where he was in his rookie season where he put up 85 points. So uh, we, we want to get back to point per game at Barzal. We just don't want him taking 100 penalty minutes along the way. No, exactly. Uh, but we've we've already seen him put up more than a point per game, right? Like we saw that in his rookie year, he put up 85 and 82. What we haven't seen from him, and you, you wrote in, in, in the preface for this podcast, is his face-off numbers. Because mm-hmm. they're incredible. Yeah, he's at 58% now. 58.1%. What the hell? I, I know he doesn't take all the all the face-offs, but he's taking a number of them. Uh, but like his highest before this, if you're not counting his, his two games in 16-17, was 42.6% in his Calder winning year. Yeah, that's... Wow. That's a ma- massive improvement. He jumped 16%. And it's not like he was any different the years before that. The two years between that, he's at literally 41.6 both years. So right around 42% for his career. And then he's at this point, obviously, you know, a bunch can change over the next 45 games. But he's at 58%. If That's he can right. get above, if he can get above 50, I think we're happy. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, if he can say sustain 58, give him the Selkie right now, uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen. No, no, no. Uh, because that that seems way high, way too high. And that, that happens with nine games played, right? Oh, of um, course. But that's, that's really... Because you still have a lot of guys sitting up there right now, like above 60%, like Luke Lindenning sitting at 66% face-off weight percentage right now. Um, but, but Matthew Barzell is 58.1%. Uh, why can't I see it here? I, I'm just looking up another another um, site that tabulates face-off stats, and they, they don't have him listed at all, uh, which is strange because he has 58.1% according to Hockey Reference. This one here is doing all situations just like Hockey Reference. So I, I don't know where he's listed here, but a 58.1% would have him in the top 20 in the league. That's good. That's really that's, good. Yeah, that sits him around like Claude Giroux territory, uh, which I know Claude Giroux is not the center, but he's a center right now because uh, what's-his-name is out? Um, Sean Couturier. Right, and 
just another thing too. He, he, even if he doesn't finish at the fifty-eight, but above fifty, that's just another guy that you can rely on, and you don't have to put out Sezikis or you don't have to put out Pajo to win you that big face-off. You can feel comfortable putting your best player out there in a spot uh, like that where you need a big face-off, which just adds another wrinkle to his game, uh, because that that would absolutely be something that you can get on him and justifiably, you know, justifiable for uh, early in his career as he was pretty pretty atrocious at faceoffs but now very solid early but still very solid return so far yeah so sorry i, I was looking at that puck base right now uh where the site that was on to to find his his uh faceoff win and he's listed at 58.1 but he's not listed overall here so he would be the uh 15th best faceoff man in the NHL right now which oh. is wild good stuff yeah he doesn't take a ton. He's uh, <laughs> taking 62 face-offs. So it's, it's not a lot. Not a ton. Obviously, small sample size. Anything else on Barzell? Uh, no, like, so far, so good. The only complaint, obviously, right, is the penalties like we talked about. So, like, I, that that's something he and Barry will fix for sure. Absolutely. So let's get to down on the farm. Mitch, what do you got for prospects around the world? Uh, first, I want to bring up Henrik Tikkanen. I don't know why I went into my Kermit voice there. Uh, I think the last time we spoke, we had a where in the world is uh, Henrik Tikkanen, right? Yes. Did we find him? We did. Uh, so I didn't. I wasn't able to reach his team, so I went and reached his uh, his Mestis team to be like, guys, is he back with you? Like, I, I don't see him on, on the thing here. And they're just like, he had to step away for a little bit, but uh, he's back now. And sure enough, he played. He played just, was it yesterday? I think I feel like it was yesterday that he played. Yes. And he won. He stopped Ooh. 21 shots for a okay. 3-1 victory against uh, Matthias Reyanemi's Pelicans, the Lazi Pelicans. Um, and I found out that that's the first time that a de- debutante for Kalpa in net has won a game since his, their first game since 1989. Really? So just one, right? Like, there's the first time since 1989 that a debutante for Kalpa in net has won their first game. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And it's only the third time that it's ever happened in franchise history. It happened on October 10th. Sorry, October 4th, 1987. It happened on December 3rd, 1989. And then February 2nd, 2021. Henrik Tikkanen does it. Jeez, man. Over 30 years. Yeah. So, and just just to get a sense here, like, Pelicans are one of the best teams in, in, in Liga. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're, they might be second now after this result. They were probably first before that. So, they're they're a really good team, and Kalpa isn't necessarily. Um, so, like, to win that game from a kid coming up from Mestis is not like, oh, my God, he's got to be a great goalie. It's like, all right, okay, I see what you did there. That's a good positive. That is a really good positive for us, for a kid who hadn't played in a little while. So good signs so far from Henrik Tikkanen in playing in Liga. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm happy to see that he got his his win there and made history. That's awesome. Yeah, so that that that's feels good for him, obviously. Uh, it feels good for them, too, to get a win and know that their backup is able to hang it in the big leagues. Um, so the next one is uh, William Zfour, who I spoke to just on Monday. Uh, good kid, man. Okay. What did he have to say? Uh, so I spoke to him about a bunch of stuff. Uh, I spoke to him about the draft. Um, so, like, the Islanders, obviously, as we all know, took him in the fifth round. And so I asked him, like, 
do you know did you know that they were going to take you when i spoke to henrik tikkanen he was surprised but not totally surprised because they had shown a lot of interest same thing for raya nemi um and when i spoke to zafoul it was the same thing like they were the team who spoke to me the most than than anyone okay um He's real happy to be here, obviously, uh, by here in the system. Um, Islanders are a big team. So, well, they're an NHL team, so that's where he wants to be. Uh, But he's still got a way to go, right? Like, he's only 18 years old. He won't turn... Sorry, he just turned 19 on January 28th. He won't turn 20 until January 28th, 2022. So, like, he can't play in the AHL level next year. Gotcha. Okay, so he's got a ways to go before we see him in the Islander system here. Yeah. So unless he's going to go and earn a spot right out of camp next year, he's back in the queue next year, which that's fine. He could hang out in the queue for another year. Well, that, well, that's the thing. I'm not so sure because he's dominating right now. Like it's not even funny. He has nine, uh, nine goals in his last 10 games. Oh, okay. So where, what's your alternative then? Well, that's the thing. There, there isn't really, unless like they sign him, I guess, and then send him over overseas to play in the pros there. Interesting. Okay. Do you think that's likely, or do you think he's just most likely going to go back to the QMJHL? It's probably going to be the QMJHL. It just when I think of like Noah Dobson, right? Like they didn't want to send Noah Dobson back to the juniors because you're like, there's nothing more you can do there. Right. To be fair. To be fair. Um. Noah Dobson had two Memorial Cups. William Dufield does not have a Memorial Cup, even though he was playing on that Memorial Cup team. They traded him away uh, before the season started. Or sorry, not before, before they even made it to the Memorial Cup. Um, but he's, again, he's killing it right now. He's nine uh, in his nine goals, seven points in 16, as for 16 points in 15 games, I think it is. Wow. Sorry, no, 13. 16 points in 13 games. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Had an an eight point game, an eight game point streak with nine goals, or eight sorry, eight goals and four assists. Like he's just racking up the points. It, he has the one blip. He has one game against Huang on January thirty first, where he didn't put up a point. Since then, he hasn't not put up a point since November twentieth. Impressive. Okay, so he, he's he's on a little run here. He's on, he's on quite the run, and like he's not playing on the top line. He's on the second line. He's playing with a 20-year-old who isn't putting up points at all, so it's not on him. And he's playing with a 16-year-old who's just coming up in the league who's got like five points or something like that. Uh, so it's not like he's uh, dependent on someone else on his line to do most of the work. He's the one driving the success for that line. And even when he put up a lot of these points, he was the driver. One of their best players, Isaiah Campbell, was out injured. And their their captain, Xavier Simoneau, was with Team Canada. So their their top two guys weren't there. He stepped up and put up points, buddy. That's See, that's good. And, and like we said, he just turned 19. So to see that from a young kid at his age is impressive. Good on him, man. Yeah, and that's a fifth-round pick. So, like, if there's going to be a gem in the draft, I think it's going to be him for us. Sorry, if that's gonna, if we're going to find, like, a really good player out of this, it's going to be him, I think, in our draft class. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, next, uh, slight, s- small update on, on two guys, Russell Iskakov, who played today, 
uh, sorry, did he play today? Yes. Uh, put up a point. Has eight points in his last nine games. So it kind of seems like the second round pick from 2018 is starting to figure it out over in Finland and is okay. consistently finding his way on the score sheet. I like that. I like that a lot. I, he's a center, but I don't think that they'll end up playing him at center if he ever makes it either in, in North America, if he ever makes it to North America or back, I should say, back to North America. I don't think that they'll play him at center. I think he's just too small to be uh, any any good there. Um like it's not to say that you, you you have to be six foot tall to, to be a center, but like at five nine and like hundred and eighty pounds that this kid is, I not even I think I'm doing him a disservice there. He's like one fifty, something like that. Um he's not a big kid to play down the middle. And he's just he's not the fastest skater and he's not really good at face offs. So like to me, the creativity, put that on the wing. And he's he's good along the boards. He's really he's tenacious uh, and he fights for the puck. So like I think he's gonna be a, a better winger than he is a center. Okay. All right, I can get behind that. Uh, and then last one, Robin Salo is going to go away for a few days uh, from Oribro. He's playing for the Bayer Hockey Games, so that he's going to be representing Team Finland for okay. three days. It's a three-day tourney between February 11th and February 14th. So if you're following, you'll see that he won't be there on the Oribro lineup for a couple of games. Don't worry. Don't fret. He's representing Team Finland. Okay. Good. Thank you for the down on the farm update. Always love to hear how uh, our boys are doing overseas. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I like following them along. Absolutely. Let's get into the quiz now, Mitch, shall we? Yes. So this is episode 181 of the yes. Eyes on Owls podcast. Yes. Uh, and like we do every week, I give Matt a player to guess based off 181. He has five clues that get progressively easier as they go along. Matt, are you ready? Yes. Okay, clue number one. I've played for five different NHL teams. Okay, next. I was drafted fourth overall. I'm not going to tell you you're a team. Played for five teams, drafted fourth overall. Yeah. So it's probably not Griffin Reinhardt, even though he was a fourth (laughs) overall pick. Definitely not Griffin Reinhardt. Although... Three, right? He's got three. I don't think he actually ever played a game for the Golden Knights, did he? No, I don't think so. Okay. So at best, three, probably two for Reinhardt. That was the first fourth overall pick that came to mind, so threw it out there. That's fair. All right, good enough. Uh, My best year, clue number three, my best year in the NHL, I hit 24 goals and 62 points. 24 goals, 60. It's not Nino, is it? It is not Nino Nino Ryder. Yeah, he was fifth, right? Fifth overall pick. That right? is correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're stumping me a little bit. All right, let's hear the next one. Four. I'm an injury pl- sorry, injury prone player and have been since year one. Andrew Ladd? Correct. <laughs> oh, poor Andrew Ladd. He has played 189 games, sorry, 181 games for the New York Islanders. My fifth clue was I've missed 45% of the games since signing with my big money contract with the Islanders. <laughs> I think that would have finally did it. That one would have tipped the hat, if you will. That's yes. wild. 45% of games missed. He's played 55% of the uh, available games. <sighs> wow. Swing and a miss. And you know what? That's not even counting this year. I didn't even put the nine games into that 45% this year. 
So it's it's lower than that. It's lower or than higher, that. I should say higher. It's worse. <laughs> just, just say, it's worse. It's worse. That's all you need to say. That it, it's worse when you. The more this goes on, the worse and worse it gets. Yep. Oh boy. All right. So let's get ourselves into the social segment, Mitch. What do we got going around on IELTS Twitter? Uh, my first one here comes from Mike Camino. I think a lot of people have seen this one. It's got 536 likes, and it's uh, 10 years ago today, February 2nd. Uh, Brent Johnson one punched Rick DiPietro. Oh no! And Poor I Rick. remember, I remember that just going like, "Yeah, let's go, goalie!" Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> right, like the goalie fight happens, and boom, he's down, and he's down for a while, right? Because his his face was rearranged. Yeah, that that was tough. I I feel for DiPietro, man. G- good guy, just ton of injuries. He tried, right? Like his team's going, like you know what? I'm gonna do something too. Boom, broken jaw. God, Jesus, can't can't get anything. That's tough, man. I do remember that, though. And then that sparked one of the more entertaining Islanders game from the uh, Dark Ages. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. Trent Gillies with the the handlebar mustache yelling from the Zamboni entrance. Yeah. Perfection. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, My next one, or my first one, comes from moneypuck.com. Never heard of it. It says, worst line so far this season with at least 40 minutes played. Oh, boy. Can you tell me who the third worst line in the NHL is, Mitch? It has to be the fourth line, right? The best fourth line in hockey is the third worst (laughs) line in the NHL so far this year, man. Uh, They have an expected goals percentage of 31%. Uh, expected goals for 0.9 and expected goals against two. Just not good. Like, and we don't really expect them to put up a lot of points if they do great, right? When KZ has put up 20 goals, that's amazing. Um, but they're not even doing fourth line things right now. They're not providing any identity. They're not really getting in on the four check, although they're, they're having a hard time because of these expected goals numbers. Uh, and they're not really even good defensively. Look at the expected goals numbers. It's just not good all around from the fourth line, and, and this just kind of puts a bow on it. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the numbers back up the eye test was the main thing that I wanted to get out of this. You're 100% correct. What else you got, Mitch? Uh, mine comes from Antich Curiosita. Uh, at M Blind Flowers, and it says geological oh. map of the British Isles, eight circa 1870. We sell guaranteed, absolutely original, authentic maps, prints, books, and vintage items. And I was like, wait, what? I, I I'm reading this, and you see all the hashtags, and it's got hashtag Isles with the Islanders logo, because this is a map of the British Isles, and I oh, just and find this. Isles absolutely hilarious every time i turn twitter search hashtag aisles and i see people like on the galapagos isles or the british isles or the falkland isles and they're just doing hashtag aisles thinking they're hilarious sorry thinking that they're they're tweeting to other like-minded isle island lovers yeah (laughs) it's not (laughs) island finish you know island fans yeah and it, so you have the Isle Islanders logo next to print antique antiquarian map. <laughs> it's just so out of place and hilarious. One of these thing, yeah, one of these things doesn't belong here. 
Do you think the person tweets it out and then sees it goes like, wait, what? What the hell is this? And then they research it? Like, are we falling into a whole section of fans that we don't even know about because of this? No, I feel like if you're tweeting hashtag Isles on your picture of the Galapagos Islands, you are tweeting that and then just not checking Twitter for a year and a half after that. <laughs> Probably. Until I'm the, just- the next time you're back to the Galapagos. I'm just hoping someone does be like, what is this? And they click on it and they see all these things. And they go, huh. Well, they fall down the islander's rabbit hole and boom, <laughs> fan for life. <laughs> Who's this Leo Komarov guy? <laughs> Why do they hate him so much? Yeah. Uh, my next one comes from UBS Arena. I don't mm. know if you've ever heard of them. Yep. It says, uh, crank up your speakers. The weekend is heading to UBS Arena on April 7th, 2022. For his After Hours tour, tickets go on sale February 8th, and that will be the first concert at the new UBS Arena. So, uh, Mitch, I wanted to ask you, can you name three weekend songs? Not at all. I can't. I not even one. I know who he is. I can see his face. I don't know. I I probably heard one of his songs, but no, I cannot name a single one of them. Blinding Lights? You've heard that? No. You've seen the... Well, okay. First question: Do they have the NFL commercials in Canada too, or no? I don't watch the NFL. No, I know, but like it's played on like CBS. So I, I don't, don't know have if, like, cable. CBS... Okay, I'm talking to the wrong guy. Yeah. So you, there's a very good chance you have zero idea of any weekend songs. Right? Isn't he even Canadian? I'm pretty sure he's Canadian, isn't he? Drake's Canadian. I don't know. If I know Drake's Canadian. Canadian. That I know. Uh, the weekend of, of he's got to be. Well, not has to be. Not every person has to be from Canada, obviously. Um, the yeah, weekend, yeah, boom, Toronto, of course. No, I don't know any of any of his songs. Off the See, top of my head, I'm sure I've heard it, and I'm sure I could enjoy his music. I just don't know it. Okay, no, I kind of just wanted to play up the uh, adolescent card on, on the Eyes on Isles <laughs> podcast. That's all. Well, like one of his associate acts apparently are Daft Punk. I don't know how that works in, but I'm already interested because I'm, I'm big into Daft Punk. So let's go. Oh, yeah. They've, they've definitely done co- collapse. Bow. There you go. Uh, yeah. I, the whole thing makes me feel like we're returning to some sort of normalcy. I know we're not ready for it yet because vaccine rollouts aren't as good as they should be. And the, the virus is still very much around. But the idea of like, hey, buy tickets for this concert that's going to be in, in a year or two really makes it feel like we're in normal times again, even though we're very much not. No, we're not yet, but I agree. Seeing this come across the timeline today did bring a smile to my face because it feels like we're the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting a little closer. Yeah, so like fingers crossed that we can all get to this concert when it, uh, when it actually goes on. When is it again? February something? Uh, no, it's April of 2022. <sighs> God, jeez. That, okay. that seems like a lifetime from now. <laughs> I have a hard time realizing it's 2021 right now. Absolutely. Uh, anything else, Mitch? My last one, unfortunately, I can't find it anymore. It's something oh, that I God. saw this morning uh, when uh, when I was on the computer, and I, I didn't save the link to the tweet. So whoever tweeted this out, I'm sorry I can't give you credit. I, I was trying to find it for like the last 20 minutes. I couldn't find it. And it, it, someone tweeted a picture of, I, they have the score app. I'm sure you've all heard of the score app. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of prefaces the, the game at hand. And this was the one against the Buffalo Sabres on Tuesday. And it showed like leader for goals, assists, points, plus minus. So f- for both teams and for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, it was like Eichel, Olofsson, 
someone else, Reinhardt will say, or Ristolainen or whatever. But for right. the Islanders, it's just all Matthew Barzal. So it's like, I'm really going to miss this <laughs> Buffalo versus Matthew Barzal game. It's fitting. We That's perfect because we talked about that in the second segment about how Matthew Barzal has been pretty much the entire offense. Exactly. So like it really sums it up perfectly. Um, to, to just bring it around to one more thing when we were talking about the weekend, just because I'm noticing this. When I Googled him, I uh, appro- I, I typed out the weekend like like it's supposed to be written, and I realized yeah. his name is not written like that. So that's why I has a little bit of a hard time finding this person. There you go. N-D, not E-N-D at the yeah. end. Which tells you everything you need to know about my level of knowledge on the weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. So before we go, just going to get a couple of plugs in here. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. That really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. You could like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could download the app available for iPhone or Android. You can visit the website eyesonisles.com. And last but not least, you could check out the Patreon where we do post game shows, live streams, mailbag podcasts, and a whole bunch more over there. It's a whole lot of fun. Patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Absolutely worth your while, right, Mitch? Absolutely. That's going to do it for us on episode number 181. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.